This is HPR episode 1824 entitled, I'm Learning Some Python. It is hosted by John Culp and is about 32 minutes long. The summary is, I discuss how I use Python and some of the cool modules and libraries that I've found. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and today I'm going to talk about something that's been occupying quite a lot of my time lately, and that is Python. I'm learning some Python, and I'm not really learning it in any systematic kind of way. That's kind of not really how I do things, but what I'm doing is learning how to use it in a way that directly benefits me every day. And um, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you'll know that I use voice commands quite a lot. And so one of the things I'm doing is converting a whole lot of the voice command actions that I used to do in Bash over to Python if it's appropriate. Um, I have actually started an online course in Python, but I find that I I will watch a lesson and then do the exercises. And then what I'll do is think of a way that it applies more specifically to me. And so I'll go work on my own project. And this is how I've always learned stuff like this. Uh, when I was learning Bash, it, it didn't really benefit me very much to learn abstract concepts. It was much more helpful if I had an immediate need and I could learn how to do something that would uh, address that need uh, directly rather than learning abstract concepts. So the uh, the biggest project that I've done in Python so far was to convert the build scripts for the School of Music websites from Bash over to Python. I uh, There was an episode I did maybe a year ago or two years ago. I don't remember really when it was, but I talked about overhauling the School of Music website. And uh, part of that process was not only cleaning up all the content and everything, but also coming up with a way to uh, have... I essentially built my own content management system using Bash, where the main content of every page on the site... And again, I I was faced with a situation where I did not have a content management system. All I had was FTP access to a static web server, so I could just dump files there. And so everything on the website is done in static HTML. And I came up with a system whereby I could keep the main contents uh, or the contents of the, the main part of each page as a separate file and then build each page around it using elements of a template. So there would be a uh, top navigation bar, the main header with the university logo, a left navigation bar, a footer, and a tagline. All of these things would be kept separate from the content of the page. And so I would, uh, if I ever had to make any edits to a page, I would edit the contents file and then build the page around it. And this worked very well in Bash, but what I 
discovered was that if I wanted anyone else to do any kind of work on the website, then my life was difficult because other people did not have the same computer setup that I have or the same uh, skills. So what I wanted was a way for me to set up a build environment for particularly one colleague who I trust has decent computer skills and uh, it was not scared of going to a command line and running a command to build a web page. Uh, I wanted to be able to do this in a cross-platform way, and so I converted my build script over to Python. I'm very happy to say that I've tested the build script on my Linux machine, on my little Mac over there on my desk, and also on my son's Windows 8 laptop, and it works great on all three. So I now have uh, some, um, I don't know, prevention for the... Uh, hopefully unlikely event that I'm hit by a bus and there's nobody left who can build the School of Music website and, and maintain it. So anyway, that was actually a fairly major project. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. So I, I did a couple of things. Where is it? Uh, oops, I don't... Hang on, I don't have the right uh, script. <laughs> what I did was I have a separate uh, Python file where the um all of the the real business of the build is done and then i i'm sorry to uh where the heck is it make it mains okay is that it okay yeah here so um <clears throat> i build a like a a function i suppose that will uh take care of all the sanity checks and uh assemble the template around the contents page, and that's all as a, a function in one file. And then I call that from another file that just has uh, a couple of lines in it that says to go use the function in here. So I, I essentially built my own library, I guess. I says import this file and then run that uh, command on it. And I do such things as... What do I do? I, I do some of the path manipulations. This is one of the hardest things for me to get my head around was how to deal with paths in Python. You have to do it, I mean, you can do it in a similar way that you did in Bash, but if you do it that way, then you're you're crippling the whole point of the of using a language like Python, which is to make it cross-platform compatible. And so instead of putting, you know, slash home slash user slash um, documents or whatever to get to a file, you have to do it in such a way that um, whether on Windows, Linux, or Mac, it will understand what you want and do things the right way. And so I learned how to do the os.path.join method to join various things together. I learned how to expand the user, uh, the, the current logged in user, and um, stuff like that. So anyway, I, I sorted out how to deal with paths. That was very confusing, but it, um, I'm starting to get the hang of it now, and I'm, I'm getting more comfortable, and I see the logic behind it. So I'm glad that I took the time to learn how to do that the right way. The build script really would not have worked on Windows, I don't think, if I had not done it this way. So it was good that I was forced to do that. I also have, let's see, one of the difficulties with the system that I set up was that each page on the website needs to have a different title in the, you know, the, the title is the part that appears in the, um, 
the top bar of your browser, the, the page title. It also needed sometimes to have different left navigation images. And you, know, you don't want every page on the site to look exactly the same. I wanted some flexibility. And so the way I did that in Bash was to have at the top of every contents file a series of comments that held the values that I wanted. So if there's a left navigation image, a page title, um, a left nav image caption if necessary, uh, an image title, you know, various things that would change from one page to another. I stored them in comments in a sort of more or less strictly formatted way at the top so that when I uh, used the bash script, it would use like, uh, I think it would just grip for the, um, for the string that I wanted. And then it would uh, strip out the other stuff and return only the value that I needed. In Python, I kept those same comments at the top of the page only I would search the page for those and then turn the resulting matches into lists and then just grab the elements from the list that would work in there. And so it's actually a little bit more elegant than the way it was done in Bash and I think probably more repeatable and predictable. Anyway, it works. And so uh, that, uh, that was also something that took a little bit of time to sort out. Uh, I also had to learn how to make Python read from existing text files and do various things to them. Uh, that would include things like the the navigation bar on the left side, the header material, and anywhere where there was something that might change from one page to another, like the page title and whatnot, I put in... Um, what, I, what do I call them? Variables, I guess, where in the um, the text file that I'm reading from, there would be a um, curly brace zero close curly brace kind of thing and then uh, when I open the file I tell it to format those curly braces using the following variables and um, it so it plugs in the right values wherever there is one of those little um, curly brace with a index number in it um, let me see Oh, one of the really cool libraries that I found while I was doing this was um, one to smarten the punctuation. I, I ran into a problem when I first was running the build script on Windows in that there was a certain Unicode character that it choked on every time and made the build fail. Only certain pages had the character. It was uh, left... I think it was the the smart quotation, like the Unicode left double quote and the Unicode right double quote. It, it choked on those every time on Windows. And so I needed a different way to deal with the smartening of punctuation so that you'd have the little curly quotes on either side of words. And I found, I, I'm starting to get the hang of this whole um, libraries and, and modules way of looking at things. I'm starting anytime I need to learn how to do something. The first thing I do is check to whether, see whether someone else has already done this and has a module that I can download and that it will do it magically. And not surprisingly, when I checked for smartening punctuation, I found that there is a library in Python that will do this and it's called smarty pants. And one of the reasons I really like this module is because of the name. It's, it's great to be able to have the word smarty pants in your code and not only is it funny, it actually does something really, really cool. And so now in all of the source files, I don't put any kind of smart quotes. I don't do either the HTML entities where you do like the uh, ampersand 
L-D-Q-U-O semicolon, which would do the uh, left double quote, nor do I put a Unicode double quote. I just put double straight quotes. And then when I, uh, the last step in the build of each page is to smarten the punctuation using the Smarty Pants library. And so all of that straight quotes, everything is turned into smart quotations automatically as part of the build process. And this works wonderfully. Really, really like the Smarty Pants library. Um, okay. And so the other thing that I had to figure out how to do was to automate the building of the entire website from that. And, uh, for that, I had to learn how to iterate through subdirectories and files within those subdirectories. And that, that took some thinking and some working out, but I, I got it in the end. So anyway, that, that was my biggest project in Python by far is the, uh, creation of the build scripts in Python for the School of Music website. And once I had those set up, I did the same thing for my personal website as well. So I'm very, very pleased with that. Really stoked to be able to let my colleague do uh, his own build script because he had been working on some of the pages, but in order to make it so that he could kind of preview the pages that he was working on, he would change uh, URLs and stuff inside. And so that when he sent them back to me, I had to go through and fix back all of the things that he changed. And that was not good. I, I did not like having to do that. So now he can work on the same files that I do and build them and preview them in the same way. And then just send me the modified contents files, which I will then build and push over to the web server. All right. So, uh, that was the biggest thing that I learned. Let's see what's next on my list here. So, uh, in conjunction with Blather, one of the things I do the most is manipulation of text. I will select some text, speak a command, and it does various things to it, whether it be putting HTML tags around it, capitalizing it, um, correcting certain frequently misspelled words that uh, come up when I do my little um, dictation box kinds of things, or whatever. And so a lot of these things I've been switching over to Python, and I'm finding that Python handles them very well. Critical to this was the discovery of the Piperclip library. Piperclip is a cross-platform clipboard module for Python. (coughs) And so uh, I've found that when I select some text, there are a couple of steps here. Uh, the, the basic workflow is selecting some text, speaking a command, and the blather command will have two parts to it. Actually, three parts. The first part is running a virtual keystroke to do control plus C, which will copy the, the selected text into the clipboard. Then it runs my Python script, which will take whatever's in the clipboard and do something to it. Either put something on either side of it, like uh, HTML tags or uh, markdown formatting or something like that. Or it will run uh, some library like the title case library to capitalize all of the words that need capitalizing in a smart way for titles. And then after it's done that, it sends it back to the clipboard. And uh, then the last part of the blather command is that it does a virtual control V, which pastes it back into my document. This all worked fine under bash, but I'm finding that it works better in Python, if only because it's it's more uh, cross-platform compatible. And this is not only between Linux and Windows or Mac, for example, but also just within different graphical 
libraries in my own desktop here. I use, um, I'm running Debian with Openbox, but one of the apps that I use the most is Caliber when I'm editing ebooks. And I found that Caliber does not play well with the tool that I had been using to type out the results of all of these transformations, the XVKBD package. For whatever reason, XVKBD and Qt5, I think these are the problems, they, they do not work well together. And so it's impossible using XVKBD to execute any kind of uppercase or shifted characters. And so I would speak a command like, uh, I don't know, um, HT header 2 is one of my commands that would put HT or that would put HTML second level header tags around the selected text. And what I would come up with instead of the uh, less than H2 greater than thing would be comma H2 period because it could not execute the shift. And this is kind of a problem. But what I found is that by using the Piperclip library, I can uh, actually have it go into the clipboard and paste it. For whatever reason, I was able to use, uh, under Bash, I could use Xclip to get text out of the clipboard and then process it. But when I tried to use Xclip to put it back into the clipboard, it wouldn't go. Like, it wouldn't go in such a way where I could do a virtual control V to make it paste back into the document. And so I was left with the uh, option of having it virtually type out the results. And so that, that didn't work very well. But using Piperclip, it seems to handle this much better. It will take what's in the clipboard, do whatever you want to it, and then send it back to the clipboard in such a way that the control V keystroke sticks it back in your document. So I, I do this for lots and lots of things. Um, at first, I was having a separate Python script for every, um, for every kind of operation that I wanted. So I would have one for putting paragraph tags, one for putting bold tags for header two tags for header three tags. So I had like a dozen different Python scripts that would just put each one to a different kind of tag. And then it occurred to me that I could streamline this whole thing by having my, uh, having one Python script that would accept a command line argument. And that argument would be whatever tag that I was going to put. And so when I run the blather command, instead of doing, you know, ptags.py for paragraph tags, it would just do, I have a separate command now called HTML tags, which takes one argument. And for paragraphs, I would do HTML tags.py space P. And that P is then grabbed by the script and used as the element that's going to be put inside of the HTML tags. Likewise, I could put um, span, like if I wanted to put span tags, I would just run html.py space span, and it would use that. Whatever word or character I put after that, whether it's h2 or h3, block quote, whatever it is, it will just stick that inside HTML tags and then put that around the text that I've selected. So that works really, really well. Just putting tags around stuff. Um, I have another one for 
for wrapping a little bit more complicated things around it. I, I'll call it the wrap.py. And I, at, what I do is I wrap something around the selected text. And this one takes two command line arguments. The first one is whatever you want to appear before the selected text. And the second argument is what you want to appear after the, the selected text. Normally these have to go inside single quotes uh, so that you uh, be, are sure that it's all treated as a single argument. And uh, that one works very well too. Uh, I do that one if I want not only to have, for example, put not only um, paragraph tags around something, but to also include something like a, a class designation, like um, p and then class equals no indent or something of that sort. Uh, that has that can't really be handled as well by the um, HTML tag script. Uh, okay, so that is how I deal with putting tags in there. Now, I also, uh, when I'm editing ebooks, I have to do a lot of stripping out of superfluous tags. And I found an excellent Python library for this. It's an extremely powerful one, and one that I've only just begun to uh, to understand how to use. But it's called Beautiful Soup. Uh, this is Beautiful Soup 4, specifically, or also called BS4. And Beautiful Soup is a library that allows you, like, um, I don't know, surgical-like access to the HTML structure. And so, whereas I used to do things like grep and sed substitutions to try to um, substitute out one tag for another or to strip out tags, with Beautiful Soup, there's a way simply to tell it what kind of tag you're looking for and what to do with it, and it just does it. And it doesn't have to do any of the um, hit-and-miss kind of searches that I used to do. So I, I really, really like Beautiful Soup, and I'm hopeful that I can learn how to use it more. Right now, I'll do things like strip out span tags or strip out direct formatting that's done in where, like, inside a paragraph tag, you'll see style equals and then a whole string of style elements. And these are the kinds of things that are done or that end up there when someone takes a word processor document and makes an ebook out of it when they don't really understand how to use a word processor in the first place. And so they do all kinds of direct formatting. They clearly have not listened to Ahuka's series on how to use a word processor. But uh, you can strip out a lot of that kind of stuff using Beautiful Soup and the unwrap method. Um, let's see. So that's my clean HTML script. And I have various ones to strip out particular HTML tags. And again, like I, I run a no tag script that takes one command line argument, which will be whatever tag that I want to strip out of the selected text. And it will uh, do the unwrap method on that and get rid of that tag. Um, let's see. So th another way that I use this is to insert uh, snippets of text by using voice commands. And these snippets could be anything from very, very short things like, uh, I don't know, very, um, CSS rules or things like that to uh, entire templates for lily pond files or HTML pages or things like that. And so I have a templates.py um, script where I have a whole list of my frequently used templates. Right now there are 14 of them, and each I have as a comment after each one an index number so that I can easily see which index number I use. And when I run the templates.py script, I use one command line argument that tells which item from the list to use. So for a uh, 
a single staff in lily pond i'll use templates.py space one and that uh, argument number one is used as the index to grab the right uh, file from the list of templates and it will uh, copy the again this is something that is copied into the clipboard by the piper clip um, library and then it's uh, pasted into my text editor using a virtual control v um, also i i made a a script that helps me a lot in my editing of the counterpoint book that i've been working on which is uh i've been going through and identifying all of the preludes fugues inventions and whatever by j.s bach that the author uses as musical examples because all he does through the whole book is just says bach he says this example is by bach but he doesn't tell you what it is or where it comes from or anything and so part of my job as an editor i feel is to identify all of these uh specifically each one of those pieces will have uh, a bunch of information that is pertinent about it like the uh you know, prelude number uh two in whatever key bwv number this and that and, and it was hard to keep track of all of these things because every piece has a different bwv listing number and so what i did was made a python script that has all of the information available as a list and then to uh, insert let's say I, I realize that this is invention number eight from uh, the two-part inventions what i do is in my text editor all i do is type the number eight and then speak the command invention title and it knows to select that number eight and use that as the command line argument for um finding the right string of text from my list and then it pastes it into my document for me it's really really magical because i'd never make mistakes anymore about uh, bwv numbers or keys or anything of that sort absolutely wonderful so this uh, python is beautifully suited for this using lists and the piper clip thing to stick in this um, clipboard um it's starting to run long here so i don't want to go too much further with this but um Finally, uh, I use Python for fun stuff, too. A lot of the things that I used to do with, uh, you know, interacting with my laptop using Blather, like I would ask it what time it is or what day it is or what should I have for dinner or what for breakfast. Or uh, if I tell it thank you, then it used to choose from a list of uh, commands. It, like it would use the shuff command and uh, shuffle all of the possible thank you responses that I had told it and then choose the top one and then run it through uh, eSpeak. Well, in uh, Python, I found that there is a library called PyTTSX, which allows you to um, get at the system uh, text-to-speech engine, whether it be on Windows, Linux, or Mac. And uh, you can tell it how fast to speak. And uh, all you have to do, you know, you tell it, uh, you set up a couple of things, like you, you get it started with the init method, and then you tell it the rate that you want it to speak. You know, this is optional. It'll it'll speak at the default rate if you don't tell it. But then uh, you just tell it what you want it to say, and it will say it. And this works on Mac, Windows, Linux. And so in that way, it's nice to have it um, cross-platform. So what I do is I, I made up various Python scripts that will use the random library and choose a random integer and use that to figure out which item from a long list of things to bring back and speak to me. So uh, it's fun, you know, I, I like to um, 
use Python and the PyTTSX things to have my computer talk to me. I wrote this one called coffee.py. I'm really proud of this one. And maybe I'll put a link to the YouTube video where I demonstrate this. But I ask my computer whether it has had too much coffee. And first it does a coin flip using the random.randint method. It chooses a random integer between 0 and 1 for a coin flip. And if it turns up 0, that means it's already had its coffee. And I set the speech rate. Or No, if it comes up zero, that means it has not had coffee yet, and so it's really sluggish and slow, so I set the speech rate at only 90, and it, it talks very slowly like this. And I have a whole series of things that it might uh, say. And then if it turns up one on the coin flip, then that means it has had its coffee, so the rate is set really fast, and it speaks the, the response super-duper fast. So I get to use a conditional statement there, and uh, I get to use lists and... Um, yeah, it's fun. Um, I've also used the um, beautiful soup thing to uh, create a Major League Baseball um, XM radio schedule for me. I find that I used to I have a way to do this with Bash, and I actually have my Raspberry Pi run it every single day, and it emails me a list of all the games that are going to be on the radio and what channels they're on. But it's uh, it's a very much hit and miss proposition with uh, making sure that I get the right uh, schedule for today. I have to search for the word today and then search for the word tomorrow and then leave out everything else and then um, do a little bit of formatting. What I found with Beautiful Soup is that I can use the URL git. Um, I said URL git. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I, I grab the content of the page and then I use Beautiful Soup to extract only the one table I want, and it goes right there with laser-like precision. It grabs that one table for today's games, and then uh, I can do some uh, formatting. I actually have it build a little HTML page and then put it in place on my server so that uh, I can go to this one Major League Baseball page on my server and see today's games. And it runs every hour so that by the end of the day, it only shows the one or two games that are still left to happen. Uh, so I really like that. I've also got a weather script that uses the Pi WAPI, Pi Weather API library, and it gets weather from uh, weather.com. And so you have to set, uh, you have to tell it the code for your area. Mine is USLA0261 for Lafayette, Louisiana. And when you um, grab the current conditions from there, it brings back a, like a a dictionary and some lists in there with all kinds of weather information. And I've set up uh, in my script just those things I want. Like I want it to tell me currently it's either cloudy or sunny or whatever. It tells me how many degrees it is, the humidity, and tells me the prospected high for today and the chance of rain. And then it gives me uh, tomorrow's high and tomorrow's chance of rain as well. And then it, it actually speaks that to me using the system text-to-speech engine. So I use the um, PyTTSX library for this script as well. Anyway, I see that I've hit the 30-minute mark, so I should probably stop now. But anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing me talk about how I use Python. Again, I, I'm not really a programmer, and so I, I don't write programs so much as I do just little things that help me get by and, and help me have fun. So uh, 
Yep, that's it. I will talk to you guys some other time, maybe with more about Python, if I actually learn anything else. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.